you've already heard it all. But now you resonate. The world has pushed you out of what you thought you knew, your comfort zone, and into this strange place, this slightly off reality. Welcome to the Truth Serum Podcast, hosted by the controversial and funny Dom Bates, author, mother, human, and all-round thought leader. The time has come to realign your essence with your experience. We all know this world is changing. You're here now because you've personally felt it, and your reality has reflected the Truth Serum Podcast, getting to the root of what really is. And now, Dawn Bates. Okay, so um, I'd like to introduce Julian to you all. Um, I, we have really no idea how we got connected. We just know that we were connected by Instagram. And I reached out to him and said, oh, we're connected. I don't quite know how that works um, or, how, or when that happened. Um, and so far we've had several, uh, voice calls and like video calls. Um, and, um, I always feel really calm when I'm with you, which is always a really beautiful thing. Um, we've done breath work together. We've just done uh, an eye contact together. We're still doing it now, which is really beautiful. Um, and one of the things that really I love about what you do and what I've learned about you is the work you do with the global consciousness of the planet um, because we're both travelers and um, a little bit about Julian is not only does he have a podcast called Green Planet Blue Planet but he has I read something on your website which I thought was like wow that's a some people would see it as a huge weight to carry um, mm. but it says that Julian is responsible for let me get this right expanding the way we view and interact with the planet now the way in which that is worded for some people would be hugely like a, but we're all responsible in so many ways so i love the fact that you own that um you're a generous a regenerative catalyst um and you work with um impact driven leaders um we're also both travelers, and um, when we first connected, you were you just left Brazil. No, you were just about to leave Brazil, weren't you? And we kind of passed each other on routes as I was heading north, you were heading south. Um, and then you've been in Mexico, and now you're back home in uh, British Columbia. So you've That's gone right. from the heat to the cold. <laughs> It's, so it's what am I heating up here too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You're coming into um, summer now, aren't you? Or the end of sp- fully into spring. So, is there anything else that you'd like to um, add to that um, to that introduction there, Julian? A very kind introduction, Don. And um, yeah, I'm excited for this episode. I, I guess you know, there's nothing that I want to add about myself. It's more let's have a conversation and let that speak That's speak that. for itself, right? Um, these 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 words are, are always interesting. I think I, I've actually want to admit this and presence this right at the beginning of this episode that in this world in which you know a lot of people were committed to 
creating an outer persona to who they are. Words have always been challenging to describe what I feel like I'm, I'm really doing. And so these are the best words I could find for, for that because I, I don't believe in creating an outer persona that doesn't match who we truly are, but quite the mm. opposite, to find who we truly are and to, to just continuously close the gap between our values, our words, and our actions so that they're all coming from the same source, the same core, the same love. And that will look different for each individual of the 7 billion humans on the planet. Mm. It does. And this is one of the reasons why I like the name of this, uh, my own podcast. So I was like, I just want people to be true, true to who they are, find their truth. So whatever it is that we discuss on any of these episodes, people bringing forward their truth, it doesn't mean to say we have to all agree with it. Um, but as long as we're being true to who we are and true to our own nature, um, and bringing the word nature in there one of the podcasts that I saw that you've done was with the um, I mean it really got me when I was watching it um, and Tim Silverwood um, I don't know if you're aware of Tim Silverwood as well but you were work you did something with the um, the sustainable ocean alliance um, and as everyone knows who listens to this, well, that knows me, knows that the ocean is my happy place. Um, I'm looking at her now. We have both just shared our views. <laughs> we have just like, look at my view. Look at my <laughs> she's looking at us, yeah. Yeah. Mama she's the lifeblood of, of everything, really. Tim Silverwood says we were planet ocean rather than planet mm. Earth which I really love. So the um, you've got uh, this environmental um, mission, this responsibility that is Julian, Julian's responsibility. Um, <laughs> can you tell us more about that? Well, I like how you, how you emphasize that because it's, it's my responsibility and I felt like that's clear to me. That doesn't mean... But it couldn't be or should be anyone else's responsibility. Everyone gets to decide that for themselves. And as a collective species, humanity, we're at this, you know, threshold point now where we, no matter how you how you onboard into this conversation, where we understood that, you know, our action from an extractive worldview, from a, you know, reductionist scientific worldview, or from a very kind of masculine, um, linear worldview, doesn't really flow in, in, in harmony with the regenerative principle of life. And so our challenge at this point in our evolution is to um, unite over the challenges we have and that we are facing as a species and learn how to come you know, step by step into harmony with that regenerative principle that connects all of life. That principle is present in fungi, bacteria, and the mycelium all the way to you know, our, our life as humans and, and our lifespan as humans and the way a, a species perpetuates itself and, and the way all species connect with each other. And so if we live on planet ocean, and I like that a lot, you know, I call it the green planet, blue planet, or the green and blue planet for that reason, because there is, there is this the life cycle between the air and the water um, on this planet and interplay with bacteria and, and the soil that, that creates all of life. And so that cycle is just there and it's real. and um, you know, when you take the etymology of the word responsible, or not even the 
etymological background, but just understanding what it means, it's able to be, to respond. And so what we're responding to is either a, an external worldview of, you know, um, profit for profit, say capitalism, or uh, an intrinsically connected worldview to the regenerative principle of life. And so that's what I'm able to respond to. That's, that's what I'm able to um, understand, see, uh, distill, express, right? And with that invite, and, and therefore, because it's been my journey for the last 20 years, um, learn I'm not the only person that, that sees that. And in fact, actually, the indigenous peoples of all places have really, really embodied how to live and be that anywhere on the planet. Now, they've done that in their ways, but the principle is still the same. The principle is to live in, in harmony with nature rather than in domination over nature, mm. which is kind of nonsensical, actually, if you think of it, because we are nature ourselves. So we live in a domination and hierarchy and in a fight with ourselves, which is, in fact, the state of the world most people call normal. But I don't believe it has to be normal. And I think that understanding is um, on the other side of the global goals or the SDGs or us cleaning up global warming, however we want to call it. Those are all very um, very big words with, with possibly some action. But I believe it comes back to that awakening of that ability to respond to what's present in nature, which is the regenerative principle of life. Mm. And that is something that when you were just talking there about the indigenous communities, when I was in um, when I was in New Zealand, looking at how the Maoris treated the earth and how they, looking back at history of how they used to treat the soil and nourish the soil, they'd get the the sap from the cowrie trees, and they would put little droplets between the crops and burn those as a natural herbicide and pesticide. And then that would go back into the soil and that would be hugely nutritious. And it reminded me of when I was growing up in the UK in the East Anglia region. We used to do crop burning, um, which again would look at, you know, would become a natural um, herbicide and pesticide and again go back into the earth. And it was a cycle and the rich nutrients would go back in and we'd have more yield. Um, and the products would be so much better. And it was actually a lot more cost effective for the farmers. Um, but we've kind of gone away into the fact that we're poisoning the earth so much. And I, where I am at the moment, um, I was really quite sad because even though I get to see the ocean every day and, yes, I'm distracted by her now and I'm thinking those white horses on there would be doing it. There's about 25 knots of wind out there again and I'm just like, why am I not sailing? Um, <laughs> but traveling and sailing around the world and seeing what I'm seeing on the beach here. Um, for those that um, have seen some of my Instagram feeds, like there's um, some reels that I've done, we can actually see the, the oil, the petroleum laying on the beach. And um, when I pick it, picked up the sand, it was just, it was just black. Um, and the, the way in which that is going within, uh, within those people that choose to eat fish um, because obviously one is feeding the other, the, the petroleum is going into the ocean, which is then going into the fish, which is then going into people's bodies. And, but obviously with petroleum being one of the base chemicals in um, plastic, which everything is wrapped in at the moment, even more so than it's ever been. And 
then you're looking at what plastic does to our hormones because you know plastic has the estrogen hormone and so obviously the more stuff that's wrapped in plastic is impacting our body and causing cancer and it's just this never-ending cycle and one of the things I've always considered and reflected upon is I've noticed a pattern those that care more for the environment tend to have a tidier environment their physical environment so their desk and their homes are tidier and they're a lot cleaner and they're very natural and the people that tend to not really um, consider the environment very much they there's kind of there's ill health and there's a lot of chemicals that they use to clean their homes and or the candles that they use are full of chemicals and 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 it's just it's been very interesting as I've traveled around the world I'm now at about 50 countries um, and just seeing how people respond differently to the environment and I know that you've done an extensive amount of travel what 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 have been the some of the key things that you've noticed I mean you mentioned the indigenous but the patterns of human behavior mm, that's a great question so thank you you know yeah this there, there, there's a lot in what you just express and, and talk to and I think it's important to um to preface that in my answer to preface that there is you know there are certain ways that we think are valuable or worth or good that that might just still be just like this way to try to reconcile it all with this existing worldview and what in within what is normal and within what our parents grew up in and what we grew up in and i think that is part of the issue is that it's not so much about you know no more plastic straws even though of course it would be great to have only renewable straws but Bambi it's straws. really about changing the entire way our economy is and our financial systems are based on extraction because as long as we're perpetuating an extraction paradigm the result can only be extraction and we're at the threshold point where there is just not no more extraction possible on, on of the planet the, the planet will otherwise literally shake us off and when you know your question was what have i noticed across the world what i've what i've noticed is that there's different levels of integration or um kind of like cognitive dissonance with this extractive principle or this extractive paradigm so there are these nations like industrial nations that i grew up in germany myself and live in canada now where there is this orderly way how the world has to work and everything happens in a certain way. And, and, and it's just a given that this is the way the world works and it's important. And there are a lot of places in the world where the indigenous qualities are much more present. You know, I've been to parts of Asia where that's the case, like Indonesia or Bali. I've been to lived in, in Paraguay, lived in Brazil, um, you know, where that's part of the kind of rich and kind of... Um, you know, upper class of the society. But there's many people that live very close to the earth and live kind of in this in this in-between state. They're not really striving towards more wealth, but they are totally captured within these structures that are part of that society. Like, you know, there's a little town in the middle of Brazil and there's like a hundred souls and they have a bank and a shopping um, center, a small one, and like dirty roads and everyone lives on the same strip 
and they they don't really know better because of the level of education that they were um, given access to. But really, they know so much better through their ancestry and the way they come from. They're like, you know, there is this 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 clarity that, well, we're a town and we all belong together. Now it's in this world we live in right now. We're in a mixed zone with that, and I'm not saying this is a very easy topic, but I don't fear going into it. And so just like we would live much better on the entire planet if people helped people in the quality of the gift in alignment and in service to the planet that is true for that small town when these hundred people especially in places like indonesia or brazil help each other and plan food for each other they will never have to worry about um, a bank account or a shopping center but there is this externalized desire placed into all of us through media and you know structures of capitalism that and i'm not anti-capitalist i just believe that the way that it has operated so far is like just just redundant at this point it needs to be amended towards at the very minimum um planet and people being included in the exchange matrix right as long as it's all about federal reserve banks and and just wealth accumulation for a few it, it will never create a paradigm that is life affirming because life life is abundant to everyone and so that's yeah. what i've noticed all over my travels to try to come back to your question here is that there are many people in the world that we look at as poor but really how they live is really close to that abundance principle because they have yeah. open hearts in full surrender to god or divine will that this is the time they were born into and many of them and i've met many of them personally and some of them are extended family at this point are living in a constant state of wanting to help each other and that's how they make it even though there is this weird kind of outer world that's very oppressive on them. And I've also, because I've traveled in some of the richest countries and places and circles in the world, noticed that there are lots of people that believe they have deserved or won or efforted their way into certain positions and places. And there is like a, a, a short glimpse of satisfaction around that, but a very deep longing for more, a very deep yearning for more. Because this, this glimpse of satisfaction about what we have achieved on that kind of outer level matrix, like let's say we play golf on one of the most expensive golf courses in the world, but really that golf course is being upheld by like leaders and leaders of Monsanto's Roundup in the ground that actually mm. kills the soil, that kills the waterways, that kills your children's children. Like even you might not think about it co cognitively or consciously, that's underlying truth in the reality you live and inhabit. And so it creates this dissatisfaction in people. So I've met a lot of people that outer level have achieved a lot, but are their root chakra, their heart isn't fully connected and flowing. It's like they're not in true connection with the earth. And so or with themselves or with themselves, because we really are this, the, the real self is we're all one on the planet ocean. Mm -hmm adapting this in, in real time planet ocean i like it and so that's yeah, what i've noticed a lot went. in my travels <laughs> you know don like um the reason why i go there and i go there that fast is is because i i traveled the first time in my life and i was 15 as an exchange student i had this like beautiful calling in my soul that at 14 i was like mom dad i want to go abroad and mom and dad were like well that's kind of bold you're a little young but let's see if how we can support you and Basically, a year later, I ended up being in Paraguay, which if you grew up in Germany and you went to Paraguay uh, for a full year without speaking Spanish or Portuguese or Guarani, you know, it, you signed up for quite the ride. And so when I 
long story short, when I came back from that exchange year into Germany, I had this massive cultural shock, total mm. cognitive dissonance, total like disillusionment with what everyone around me thought was normal or good or what you should achieve. And I didn't fight it. I just observed and found my way to kind of play in between the lines for a few years. And then at some point I was like, no, like you guys are unfortunately actually really wrong. Like this is not the goal for the whole world. We should not all work like tidy robots in uh, a lineup that gets, you know, makes us totally replaceable. We, we're here to help each other, people helping people finding their role in the ecosystem. And that is our space in the regenerative cycle of life. And that's why, you know, coming full circle to the oil spills or petroleum or plastics, like, yes, all of that is a real problem. And yes, we need massive amounts of uh, hope in action. And I do believe, and there's even scientific proof for this now, that Mother Nature, Mother Earth, Planet Ocean, has the intelligence, the organic intelligence in itself that can solve all of these problems with us. Now, it, if it needs to do it against us, we, we would basically wipe ourselves out and the planet will do a little bit to help. So very possible. But I do believe that humanity is at this very interesting point in you know, the beginning, middle of 2021 now where we are realizing there is an organic intelligence that is permeating all of life, including ourselves. And so the bacteria and the mycelium are proven to eat plastic. Not all of them, but specific bacteria proven to clean up oil spills in coral reefs. Now, that doesn't mean we should just continue to dig into the ground to pull out the oil in the first place and we should spill it everywhere and we should continue to pollute everything with plastic. That's not at all what I'm saying, right? But what I'm saying is that all of the wrongs we've created for the environment will ultimately in the regenerative circle of life find solutions. Now, we need to be the recipients of that understanding through connecting to organic intelligence in ourselves, And as we do that, we will find the alignment with the outer world intelligence, the bacteria, the different fungi species, the different mycelial connections that, that will, will help us clean up a lot of our mess and then help us through human ingenuity, which is part of the organic intelligence when we're in alignment with those principles to, to build. And, and there are in fact a lot of people doing that in the world. Um, that's actually why I started my podcast is to find these people and interview them. And I love that because I think that it's, now that technology is there and people do, I mean, all our mobile phones are, you know, they come from the things we're digging out of the oil, uh, out of the ground and the plastics and, and all of this. So even us sitting here having this conversation, we are already contributing to that. You know, the plastic on your headphones, the the, um, the stand we've got, the, you know, what our cl clothing that people, I mean, I find it really difficult to buy clothing because I want cotton. I don't want microplastics because when we were sailing out um, across the Pacific, we, we caught some fish and it was the last time I, I could eat fish because when we cut it open, there was all this plastic inside the fish. I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> that was it. I was done. I, I just couldn't, you know, and then, but one of the things that I want to touch on there is we're talking about the education and both of us have um, seen um, that the education around the, the world has been developed in such a way where people do not have the education um, in 
in the sense of what we would classify as, um, well, <laughs> some of us might say indoctrination. Some I definitely <laughs> would call it indoctrination. <laughs> But um, one of the, I mean, I've always spoken <laughs> out about this since, you know, I became a school governor because I wanted to know what was happening within the British school system and what was being fed down to my children. Um, so it's like, well, you know, if you want to talk about it, get involved with it and see if you can change it. But um, like you were saying, and a lot of the indigenous people and a lot of the people from a lower social economic uh, level within society, they are much wealthier than a lot of the people that believe that wealth is money or education. And one of the things that um, I was touching on with a friend of mine, Robert, uh, about human rights um, is that a lot of people, they don't have the time. They don't have the capacity because they're so busy being busy um, or they're trying just to get through the month. Um, and when we create these podcasts um, so that we can share our truth or share our knowledge and understanding, these are things that people can listen to while they're running or driving the kids to school or they can listen to while they're making dinner. Um, and, yes, as an author, I would really like it if people sat down and read my books <laughs> just to switch off from all technology, you know, the vibrational frequency. I mean, one of the things I've been looking at is how do I get this podcast out um, at the natural vibration of the planet because the planet speaks to us through vibrations and, and when obviously when we are when we move our bodies when we connect to nature when we eat healthily when we um, are in a joyous gratitude state of gratitude our, our vibrational frequency um, yeah it's just oh it just makes me so giddy and so excited but um, which again raises the vibration so when we're in this space of yes we have this awareness and people say well it's all right for you you've got the awareness but I haven't got the time to think about that I you know I'm a busy mom I'm busy doing this I'm busy doing this what are, what are the kind of things that you're hoping that we can actually achieve by bringing this awareness other than through podcasts um because getting to where we are we're we're not that we're not different to anybody else you know we there's nothing special about us there's nothing that you know we're all special we're all equal yes we're not the same and yes we have different resources but the the wealth of knowledge that indigenous communities have i've loved learning about just by watching just by unplugging getting out there into nature how can we help those who are or what advice can we give to people that are in that space of just being too busy or are these people they're just so far off our radar that we can't reach them yeah it's a beautiful question i absolutely agree with you there is no there's no better than or more special than that's the whole comparison consciousness is definitely indoctrinated into us and upheld with you know the bread and games in which we consistently check out leak tables of who performed better about uh, above whom and so it's it's challenging because when we stop rendering in our minds who is better than whom we suddenly have a lot of space to simply mm. come into the present moment and say what's mine to do what's mine to do and so 
it's it's not that you know like maybe let me re like reel back a little bit so i definitely do want to acknowledge privilege and that this is a privilege that um you know i have and was born into that i always had the resources and then always found an easy way to connect to the resources and then the question is what do you do with this privilege do you just sit sit around or travel to the sexiest places and party or do you actually step into hope in action and find your role in the orchestra of life to create um kind of a, a, a tipping domino of change you know and there, there are lots of different things that lots of different people will will be doing and so for some people it means being the most loving and best parent that they could possibly could be and not indoctrinating the child into what's right or wrong but furthering and empowering and encouraging the curiosity of the individual that they have in front of them right for other people it might be broadcasting and writing and then you know that might be you and i to large degrees a lot of the work that i do behind the scenes that you know i, I don't talk about as much because it's it's you you ask different questions today so far is you know I, i've been coaching and supporting many different individuals teams and startups to create different kind of impact in the world and then through this work i'm also connected to certain you know impact investment circles etc being able to funnel money into projects like that and then through this work also have introduced so many people and groups to each other that i can't even count anymore neither do i need to or need to track it because that's more like the the, the good good karma wheel where it's like let me step out of karma which is negative cause and reaction and and just perpetuate what i believe in which is mm. people helping people so if i know i've interviewed you and i know you and you two need to meet because one is looking for money and the other one has a regenerative project like let me introduce you to and set you up for a fruitful conversation and so at the core of it don and this is what i'm i'm hoping is really clear through my words here is that no matter where you are in your life it's always one step at a time and no matter where you are in your life planet earth planet ocean is a school it's a school for our being our soul to awaken to what's real and what's real is not the matrix of um you know hierarchies and nation states what's real is that we're living on an organic planet we're in an organic body and we have a a access and connection to everything all of life and as we're coming into that reality we can realize or self realize you know as as the yogi teachings would say into playing our part in that and so as we do one step at a time we will receive information about what to do next we will receive information what's ours to do we will receive information how we can contribute best and again there's a whole spectrum of how to contribute best and i believe that's kind of by design of the 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 fractal universe that each human has a different gift to contribute none of us is alike and we're all the same it's it's so beautifully paradox because we only come alive when we value everyone's gift and so i know that for someone who is listening from a very different perspective where the world looks kind of dire or difficult all this might be a lot of words but really when we slow down to truly be in this moment and when we move out of the head into the heart the, the longest journey of the the human experience is is are those like 10 plus inches from the head into the heart and we feel the world around us and then we let those feelings connected with a brilliant mind and connected into the 
intuitive intelligence of the body when we when we let that kind of create our next understanding from there we know which actions to take from there we know whom to take care of our elders our grandparents our neighbors our friends friend we know how to be loving to children and 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 encourage them to express their their gift and then you know yeah the the challenge with with business creations and creations on on like the the impact world is is to understand it's really not about how big can i make something it's really about how much is that in service to all of life and that's a transition i don't you know i'm in my mid 30s now i don't really pretend that this is always easy but it's very simple mm. and it always comes back to these simple processes and so in these processes it's been my last 15 years of like embodying that as an adult you know and i guess in the next 15 to 20 years it's about closing that value gap between what we say and what we think and what we're actually doing because you pointed at something really beautiful there like by the nature of us you know having a cell phone i have a a phone um myself that i bought two years ago that i believe from what i understand about how it was produced is is, is very likely not created within my values And I still am confirming, affirming, and using it. Mm. And so in 20 years from now, we would probably look at ourselves and understand just how hypocritical we all are and where. But I believe that's our actual maturing process. So there's no need or value in, in being down on ourselves and beating ourselves up. But there is a, a need and value to continue to help each other to make processes better. And at this point of our evolution to really remove the power from any authority government uh companies back into the individuals and the kind of the, the common law the group the group collective and yeah that's a whole conversation to itself that's, I was gonna say, that's a whole other podcast episode let's go there <laughs> and it is really quite interesting what you were saying there because you know like bringing back to the, the traveling that we do and how we move around the world um i choose to sail around the world for me it's my disconnect i pull the plug on being connected and i need it you know i i have the, i have to be near the ocean i have to either see her i have to be on her in her yeah it's just if i don't if i'm not by the ocean i feel like i'm suffocating Uh, or is it, I need to be near water, preferably not still water because there is lots of mosquitoes around there. And like mosquitoes really like me. Um, and so I'm really quite dreading my trip down the Amazon River um, from Belém, uh, which is coming up quite short, quite soon. But again, it's um, looking at how some of the initiatives that we're seeing as we, we do travel um, and You know, we had that whole thing years ago about how you, you know, instead in Europe that, you know, you go from leaded fuel to unleaded fuel and then you had the premium unleaded and is it just a marketing tactic? And then all the paint that you used in your house couldn't have paint in. So children's play areas were then, you know, taken down and all this plastic stuff was put up um instead of you know wooden playgrounds were used or we can't have wooden playgrounds because the children might get a splinter um so well we used to climb trees <laughs> we used to fall and break our arms like you know a bit more <laughs> but again looking at how we travel um someone said to me recently why do you take an uber everywhere 
um, that's just you traveling instead of you traveling on a communal bus. Now, what I do, like when I'm on land, I will take a bus. Like, you know, I took a bus from Rio to um, Salvador. And then I got an Uber and I would prefer to get an Uber because I know that that money is going directly to the individual and their family. And every time I book it, I say a prayer, please, whoever accepts this Uber request, allow it to make a huge difference to their world um, and to their family and whatever it is that they need right now. And every time I've done, I've had a chap who was like, thank you so much for this. The money, this money is going towards my daughter's wedding. We've just had a granddaughter. Um, you know, it's beautiful. This was really like, and they're so appreciative of that trip because it might be a four hour Uber, um, for me, but to them, it makes a huge difference. Um, and I could spend exactly the same amount of money on a bus or on a flight, but the amount of time and the inconvenience to me, um, sitting around and being around all of those people because the environment is not just our not just the planetary environment. Like you were saying, if we got rid of the comparison, the environment in our mind would allow us to just have so much more capacity. Um, once we put things inside our body, we have a much more higher vibration. When we look at who is in our environment, we're able to serve more or we're able to learn more. Um, and I just wonder if the connection between those of us who travel um, and that have been gifted technology and been gifted a certain uh, way of life. This is, like you were saying on your website, you have a responsibility. This is your responsibility. You're here in the now with, these, uh, with this technology, with this awareness. This is our duty and our responsibility because we've, I believe that with freedom comes responsibility. And I'm wondering how much, going back to something that Robert said in the first issue about human rights um, and that Tim and I both agreed on was that we're all responsible for human rights. We're all responsible for our part that we play. But if you don't even know who you are, how do you even know what part you have to play? Yeah. So travel. Right yeah. Well, travel, well, there's a lot of topics in there. And I, I, I mm. guess tra travel is, you know, for some of us, and humanity has always had a, a large part of it that was very nomadic. It's, mm. it's, it's a, it's I a, know, I'm writing about it. It's a the deep book is in, still in birthing process. And the idea of, of nation states, passports, and all of that from a larger, a bit more zoomed out perspective is, is, is a, um, a grid that isn't necessarily real i mean i understand that people subscribe to it and you know i, I happen to have a passport so that i can flow with it when i have to but but really it's 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 something that's human made on top of the, ma the matrix of nature and so what i'm saying is the way out of this mess will not be with more of the same thinking and so to shame and blame and guilt each other about what are the right and the wrong steps on every corner about every little thing while not actually going straight to the source, straight to the existing system, straight to the paradigm and the behaviors of greed and control that are underneath of that, um, of that system. Well, you have the choice. You can either spin circles for an entire lifetime and 
blame and shame yourself and others, or you step out of that and you understand where's your place in that freedom. And then depending on who you are, what your skills and what your gifts are, you know, if you're a lawyer and you're hearing this, well, yeah, maybe that inner calling that you had since you were six years old to be a lawyer, environmentalist for the planet is, is yours to do and to step up all the way and create natural law with indigenous groups, you know, like for example, in New Zealand, when uh, just recently there was a, a river that became um, a legal entity so it can be defended and defend itself in court against pollution. Like what if all the rivers of the planet, all the water sources had a legal right, like a human that was able to stand up for itself in our human courts so that it can be defended by, by, you know, within the jurisdiction system that we know. And so these systems can't harm nature and therefore ourselves, our food and our waterways anymore. You know, I'm, I'm making that connection because only when we step out of blame, shame and judgment about, you know, why didn't you take the bus? You're taking an Uber, an interesting example. That's, that's really, again, the human trying to figure it out. Now, what I believe in and what the path of self-realization is and, you know, what all the ancient scriptures from all of the religions really talk about is both the state of love and the existence of a universal connected consciousness. And we as a species are at this threshold point of understanding it. We've, we've tried to map it and pin it down with our technology and quantum computing. I don't really think that's the, the proper pathway to, to get in there. I do believe consciousness simply is and we get to attune to it or we get to still pretend that we're separate from it. And when we're pretending we're separate from it, we're in this thinking mind that tries to uh, re re reduce everything to pieces and parts. Um, but this big magic that this whole universe is, you know, and the, the planet Earth floating around a sun and the sun floating around a black hole that we know very little about in our current science, there's a magic to it. There is a, there's a rhythm to it. There's a divine or or if that word doesn't work for you, a, a universal um, orchestration to it. And it's not mine, or I believe not even yours, whoever you are listening, and, and not even yours, Don, to, to pretend that you understand this so well that you have to control it. Mm. In fact, the spiritual path or the path of self-realization is to transcend the desire for control and, and so, so fully surrender to it that your intelligence center is your hara, your, your dantian, your, your center, your body, your heart, your intuitive center of intelligence, and your brain, your logical center of intelligence are in tune so they can connect to this field, which will then inform you what's yours to do. I think I said that a little earlier in this episode already. This is a different way to get the same topic. And then if you feel and know it's yours to hire that Uber, and to give him an extra $10 of tip because that $10 isn't that much for you in comparison. And you can, you can offer that and you have a conversation and you speak the prayer and you speak the blessing. Your input into that field, your input into the interconnection of all things is very much felt and received, right? And so I think it's coming back to understanding what is it that brings us fully alive? Because what the, the planet needs most is fully alive humans. Because as fully alive humans, we don't have the desire or need to kill nature. We don't have the desire or need to indoctrinate and subjugate each other into control and, and, and you know, um, following into indoctrination systems. When we are fully alive, fully aligned head, heart, and hara, fully aligned body, intuition, and mind, we are one with the, the direction of consciousness, the, the source of consciousness. Science is 
It's calling it the field. And so when we are in connection with that field, we are in connection with all things. Now, that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes and that doesn't mean uh, I get it and you don't. It simply means that this field exists and we get to attune to it. And when we do that, for some of us, traveling is, is part of, of what we have to do. And mm. so, you know, if you're stuck in a reductionist worldview, a Newtonian worldview, a you know, Cartesian worldview, it's very difficult to understand that. But the moment you understand that there is a, a quantum reality, a field theory, a, 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 a um, all-connecting consciousness, without even understanding that fully, that it becomes apparent that what I, I'm just sharing is, is very much the journey of the human. And funnily enough, I mean, I'm by far not the first guy to ever talk about this. This, this is so alive in our current modern society so many people feel this inner call so many people feel this inner awakening to aliveness which then makes us one with the planet and the planet's intelligence system and so many people in ancient scriptures of all religions have pointed at this mm. so i think we are finally at this convergence point between science and spirituality where you know um Unfortunately, because of just the failure of these old systems and the failure of this reductionist body of science and the failure of controlling health into being, and the failure of, of, of controlling each other into, um, you know, d- discipline that will lead to peace, we can understand that that health, that peace can only come through absolute freedom, through trust, through self-realization, through aliveness. And it is what all children, when they first are born, before they get indoctrinated into this old system, feel and express and embody. They're like our teachers for that. Mm. Yeah, they are. We're actually waiting for uh, the chap who uh, tends the gardens here. We're actually waiting for his baby to arrive. And we're like, Hi, every morning I go down, is this baby here yet? Is baby here <laughs> I leave on Friday. Is baby here yet? Come on, get the baby here. And it's interesting because um, I was saying to you before I started recording that uh, I mean the sun's going down now, so we're probably going to have to uh, bring this to a close because otherwise I'm going to disappear into darkness. I mean, I love it here. It's such a tiny little space, a little village, fishing village, um, and it's just so beautiful here. Um, the gentleman who owns the guest house, um, he... Um, one of the things that he's been doing is interviewing some of the local residences here. Um, and they were, one lady was telling him that uh, they hadn't had electricity here until 1982. Mm. Um, and like, so he's interviewing like the much older generation so that he can then put it out onto YouTube so that people actually learn about this area and they learn about what was it in the Northeast of Brazil and like what life was really like here. Um, and, um, and it's just so wonderful. People here are just, I mean, I've only been here three weeks. And I, like I said, like when we're traveling and we're learning and we're processing and, you know, when I'm in the Uber, it's me and the driver and we're having conversations through, you know, most, most people here in Brazil, as you know, Julian, don't speak English. So my Portuguese has had to elevate really quickly for me to get through <laughs> volume up on the Portuguese skill. Yeah, that, that happened to me too, <laughs> because it's a necessity, and, and then it shows it. You and know, it's these... Brazilian Portuguese, not the Portuguese Portuguese. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? 
And, and um, even though they speak a lot of Spanish here in the Northeast, it's not like any other Spanish that I speak. And I'm like, yeah. I have no idea. But again, we don't realize just how much input we're, we've got. And we don't realize how much education we have and how much knowledge and wisdom we have innately, but that we're picking up on a day-to-day basis through mm-hmm. the connections that we have and through the things that we're, we're absorbing. Um, like I'm recognizing bird calls and knowing which bird uh, matches the bird call in the morning. I'm seeing which ones come out more at night. Um, you know, I'm watching how the, you know, the lo- they're, they're all coming out now to play football at night. And it reminds me of what it was like in Egypt. You know, it mm. comes to sundown, everyone goes out, starts running, or they start playing football, or they go to the club. And just then, and you're absorbing all of this. And so sometimes I just get to that point where it's like, you know what, I just need to stop. I need to just ground. Mm. I just need to rest. Take a month. I mean, normally I travel, I move on every seven to 10 days, sometimes, you know, three weeks. But here I've decided, and I don't want, part of me is like, I don't want to leave. That's a good sign. Mm. And definitely, you know, I definitely feel what you're saying, Don. And it's happened to me many times where the slower I travel when I'm moving, the better. So there's like staying in a place four to six weeks is a very beautiful window of time where you can arrive in the the slow speed of the local world around you which allows mm-hmm. you to connect with with more of it you know th- this whole conversation and especially what you know you you uh, inspired me to share could be summed up with with we as a species are tasked or um in necessity to move from controlling to connecting that's how simple being. it is being and that that connecting that beingness is when we have a worldview that is, moves from the world is happening to me. I'm a victim to the external world, or I can control and dominate the world by me, by my action, into understanding that we are passengers on this spaceship. This world is happening through us. We are part of the creative field here. And when it happens through us, the question is, what is mine to do here? What can mm-hmm. I offer here? How can I be of service? And when we continue to ask that question, you know, I've been literally asking myself this question for a a decade at this point, like over and over and over, who am I? Why am I here? What is mine to do? What is mine to do? How can I be of service? And that doesn't mean that I know all the answers, especially for someone else. It just means I'm getting to, to be in touch and connected to what is mine to do and, and, and hopefully have the courage the determination and the follow-through to step into that even if that is difficult even if that is challenging or maybe even especially because it is and um just as a closing note of of mine to like that whole philosophy i kind of shared in this episode you know this takes me really back to when i was a teenager and i came back to germany from that exchange in paraguay because when I came back, I had this initial judgment where it's like, you guys are all really crazy. Like you obsess over a train being late two minutes. People are miserable. I can tell people are sick in their bodies. Like what's going on here? And mm. then for a short while, like two, three years, I, I came back to this practicing humility of understanding, well, who am I to think that I'm right about this? Maybe I'm just wrong and I'm just seeing it distorted now because I went to this other country. And so yeah. I tried on that worldview again and I realized, you know, like 
it's not working. It's destroying nature and love and care for mm. each other. And so it, it, it quite literally at this point, you know, isolates and separates us from each other, this worldview, this way of action. And so if that worldview, that reductionist worldview, that political farce, that, um, you know, capitalist um, federal banking system would work to create peace and connection, I, I wouldn't be saying what I'm saying. Mm. But it's the time on the planet to just address it, to just observe, to acknowledge, to move through it and then to let move through us what really wants to be here which is a connected world of humans helping humans and therefore helping the entire planet that's our responsibility yeah that's something we can do we can learn to do absolutely we can thank you so much for joining me today i've absolutely yet again loved our conversation just mwah. You know, I really look forward to the day I get to give you a big hug in person. It's, uh, and, uh, really just probably won't do some yoga with you though. You don't really want me to do yoga. Well, you probably do need, I, uh, yeah, I'm not a yogi. You don't need to identify as, as a yogi. <laughs> to, find, to find relief. I've had and, a, I've had a fun off love affair with <laughs> yoga for years. It's like, yeah, okay. I'm I'm really into yoga. Oh no, I just can't be no. I'd rather do Pilates or I'd then rather go for a swim or but for me like, you know, my meditation, my stretching and my movement is when I go into the water and do some diving and you, you know, I'm gonna add this because you, you shared the, the yoga <laughs> Yoga in its essence just means union. It means union with ah. life, with love, with source, with the divine. It just means union. That's the word yoga. It's not a practice of only asana. I do yoga all the time then. You are such a yogi because union is that connection I talked about. And it doesn't matter if, if it comes from that practice or this practice of it comes through the cold ocean or the warm ocean or through diving or through slow breathing or through listening or through dancing or through singing. It's coming into the state of connection with your body, your intuitive center, your heart, and your mind, yeah. and therefore also the the field, which we could call the divine or the, the nature intelligence system. Excellent. Well, there you have it, folks. That's yoga for you. <laughs> right then. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. I've absolutely loved it. Send my love to your love. And uh, I hope that getting settled I mean that beautiful view that you have um I really hope your transition into BC really does and all the work that you do and people can uh, either join you on um on Instagram I follow you or on there I will put all the links to how they can connect with you in the show notes but take a listen to uh green planet hyphen blue planet and go there.com I've listened to the podcast because there's some really beautiful um, nuggets of wisdom on there and um, thank you thank so you much thank you so much Don this was a pleasure mm. total delight to be on your show and grateful for all the listeners and the community you're, you're building and um, more to come thank you yeah absolutely alright then you take care of yourself ciao ciao everybody bye bye we really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Truth Serum Podcast you can follow Dawn directly through her Instagram account, instagram.com forward slash real Dawn Bates. 
This is an invitation-only podcast. That said, if you would like to speak with us or come on the show, please send an email through hello at donbates.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Remember to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Sharing is caring, so share away. Until next time, folks, grab a good book, see a sunset, and expand your knowledge and experience.